Adelaide. You're right. <clears throat> what a lovely tone of voice you have. <laughs> it's like whispering Tedler. <laughs> How are you? Yeah. Brutalised. <laughs> How are you? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly well. Yeah, how's your mouth? Yeah, it's okay. I've only taken two paracetamol today. Oh, that's good. So, okay, I still can't eat properly, but um, but yeah, not bad. Have you got a pie lined up for tonight? No, I haven't. No, fair enough. No. No, but... You could just eat the aspic from one. I could, couldn't I? I do have beer. Um, should we give? Uh, should we give this thing a go? Yeah, let's do it. What are we going to talk about? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we can introduce... We, are we just going to introduce the show on it? And then... Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Let's see what happens. It's not... Well, it, 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 <laughs> it doesn't keep it, does it? It's literally live. It is live. <laughs> or, or dead, as I, I might be. I think you can see it for the next 24 hours. I just inhaled peanut... You inhaled a peanut. Are you okay? Are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. You need me to rush over and do the Heimlich. <laughs> uh, Bormark okay. hasn't seen the Heimlich like since the Messerschmitts were over. <laughs> have, you, have you got... Uh, are you on Instagram? Uh, I'm on medication of some sort. Yes, I'm here. Right. I'm here. I'm there. Okay. Uh, well, are oh, you yeah, no, I need to log okay. in as... Oh, I'm not going to do Ellie... I'm going to be Elamondo. There we go. Okay, I'm logged. Switching. I'm, I'm going live. Right. So once you start watching, you yeah. can, uh, I'll can invite you. Right. So we should... I, I might just say, just for the uh, the sake of our four listeners, we are testing out... Instagram have um, introduced a new story mode, which is um, shared shared feed. Is that what you'd call it? Yeah, this is obviously it. no good for the people who are watching my Instagram who can who can't hear you speaking. Uh, uh, for those of you watching uh, on Instagram at the moment, this is uh, a live feed of the beginning of the North v South podcast, uh, and I'm it, going to try and go live with my partner in crime, Alamunda, but he doesn't appear to be watching me yet, so I can't. Oh, do I have to watch you? Yeah, you have to watch me. Then I can invite you. I'm not very good at this. Here we go. I'm watching. I did tell you. Uh, uh, are you watching? Your mum's listening. I'll be... Oh, dear God. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Go live. Hey, what with uh, Pip? What? Uh, going live, you know. This is brilliant, isn't it? Oh, there he is. <clears throat> Hello. Hello, John. This is, two, so this is new. Two old farty beardies. Yeah. Talking nonsense. With beer. Yeah, um, I've, I've got one too. So if you're not, um, I'll introduce the show for, for those of you who don't listen to the show. This is episode 65 of the North v South podcast, podcast about, but not about design. I'm Rob Turpin and that's John Elliman hiding in his yeah, studio yeah. there. I'm here. So this is an experiment because we're talking about social media tonight. So um, we thought we'd experiment with, with the very latest in social media. Uh, a dog. And <laughs> a dog. So there we uh, go. <laughs> that's what social media needs, isn't it? It does. Put a pet in it and yeah. you've got um, you've got instant hit on your hand. Yeah. You need to hashtag it. Yeah. Ralph. Hashtag, hashtag Ralph. Ralph. He doesn't yeah. look very happy about that, does he? He's really sweaty. He's been sitting by the radiator. The dog's getting sweaty. Yeah. I thought it was just their noses. Mm-hmm. 
Let's get some good light on you there, Ralph. Let's get some. Yeah, look, there we go. Minus. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So we're trying out the new the new feature, which is pretty cool, actually. I like it. Um, yeah. I can see that for podcasts being really useful. Look, we've got lots. There's lots we of people sh- watching you. How many people? How many people watch? Thirty-one. That's 31. almost as many as listen to the podcast. That's as much as a platoon. I'm finally an officer. <laughs> Drop and give me twenty. <clears throat> Right, so as uh, oh, well, ten, as normal, ten one. left. <laughs> oh dear, as normal oh. on the podcast, um, we start off with what we've been up to during the week. So, what have you been up to, John? Are we going to actually do this on? Are we going to well, do this do, live? Let's do let's do this bit live, and then we'll 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 cut the Instagram feed. Right. Well, I've had a uh, uh, a sickly daughter since last Friday, and um, she's been at home this week, which has been inconvenient to say the least so i uh, haven't got a huge amount of work done um <clears throat> but uh yeah that's it that's been it really just looking after a sick child who's uh yeah being sick and all sorts so and she's been, but you've got the constitution of an ox so you haven't uh developed any well i haven't got uh, no i'm one of these uh you know in victorian times i'd have been sent off to baden baden for the winter but uh no i haven't succumbed yet i'm feeling a bit sniffly so i went up and bought the cheapest possible whiskey from the co-op uh this evening and purely, uh, medicinal. purely medicinal just for for a um a hot toddy to knock me out uh until about two o'clock in the morning when my daughter will uh will wake me up no i've been solely just doing in, uh inktober um and uh, i found that really hard work fitting it in between work and kids and stuff well I've you've got just- the sound on it haven't you <laughs> well it it's not that i've gone to town it's just that the things i'm trying to draw basically i'm doing the history of print um the things i'm trying to draw are uh are very complicated and um, and i kind of massively underestimated that well you've done better than me because i had to give up um because work got in the way and a little bit of illness so well done for carrying on and plowing through despite all your family ailments <laughs> And what have you been up to? Well, this week I've had um, I've had a wisdom tooth out, so that was quite traumatic. Uh, regular listeners of the show will uh, will remember how medieval um, having a wisdom tooth out was when I had one out earlier in the year, and and this was just as bad. It was I was quite traumatized. I think I came out of it in medical shock. I was shaking, so um, yeah, that wasn't great. So it's been that and trying to finish off a uh, commission for the BBC. Jesus. A commission for the BBC. <laughs> yeah, you're really not looking too well, John. No, I'm feeling a bit um, <clears throat> a bit undead, actually. Hang on, let me fly out of here. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> Chocks away, chaps. Right. With that, I think we should cut the Instagram feed <laughs> and we should get back to the show. Righty-o. Okay, so thanks for watching if you've watched. Yeah, I've and, never done um, this before. This is uh, and we'll, we'll uh, maybe do uh, this again. Yeah, our episode's all about social media. Um, I'm an absolute nincompoop, and he upstairs. This is a bit like the young ones, isn't it? Are you the challenge? He knows all about it, which is why there's twenty odd listeners and not just me. So uh, anyway, um, yeah, and uh, hello, fair enough flowers. <laughs> Bye. Right. See you folks. Okay. So that was fun. That was really cool. 
I mean, that might not have been as much fun for people listening to the podcast as it was for people watching Instagram there. Um, but nonetheless, it's uh, an interesting experiment. So now on Instagram, as well as going live yourself, you can invite a friend or anyone watching you to go live so you can do uh, joint broadcasts. So it's quite interesting. Like I say, it might be quite good fun for, for podcast broadcasting. I guess, yeah, also... Um for just doing quick interviews. Can you do that in any other um, application at the moment? Could you do that in Facebook, a chat and live uh, feed? I think you can do things like that on Facebook and Google plus has got Google Hangouts, hasn't it? Where you can do uh, communal video conferencing and stuff. Oh, it's way too complicated. That. Yeah. But that was, that was pretty simple. Yeah. It's quite good. That. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, my week, um, completely knocked out yesterday by having my wisdom tooth out which was awful um but feeling much better today so i managed to finish some work yesterday today i've been working on another commission i drawn batman for the first time uh which is quite interesting um and yeah that's about it why are you drawing batman for a commission for oh. you know a private commission someone said can you draw batman i said yes and they're paying me. Um, obviously, not having drawn Batman before, I'm not entirely sure if I can draw Batman, but <laughs> should be fine. Um, yeah, read a couple of books this week. Uh, finished Paul McCauley's Austral, which is good. Not riveting, but it got a, a good, solid, interesting bit of near-future sci-fi about uh, the warming of the Antarctic Peninsula. And finished that and then read some Edgar Allan Poe, which is just really weird. Have you read any Poe? No. No, very flowery language. Um, it's. I imagine he was on opiates of some kind. Perhaps he just had his wisdom teeth out and he was on painkillers. But yeah, quite strange. Um, well, that's about it for, uh, for my week, I think. I've been reading um, the book that you recommended last week, which is called Collapsing Empire. Yeah. And thoroughly enjoying it. It is literally a facsimile of Ian M. Banks. It is, isn't it? So yeah. I don't know if that's typical John Scolzi or, or not. Yeah, we said that last week, didn't we? But what's, yeah. what's his... Um, uh, is that part of a series? Is it going to be part it's, of a no, series? No, it's, it's the first of a trilogy. Right. Um, but okay. I don't think it links to any of his previous work. Okay. Well, he's he's got the tone and the voice of mm. Banks. Yeah, it's, it's almost really identical, lovely. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really Re- lovely. Really enjoying that. Um, and what I've been watching, I've been watching. Um, well, I've been meaning to watch uh, Robot, Mister Robot. All right. Have you seen that on Amazon? I haven't. Yeah, it's about a, a hacker. Yes. Not Wahaka, a hacker. Um. <laughs> Uh, it's quite good. Christian Slater's in it. I didn't realise. Oh, is he? Oh. Uh, yeah, it's about uh, a hacker. It's got that formulaic American style um, TV show where you've got a story in one episode, but an over, you know, a, an arc, an, an arc that goes across the whole season, and that it's really easy to spot in some shows. And this one has little flights of fancy, a bit like um, Sopranos, if you watch that. But um, yeah. You know, it is fairly formulaic. It's a little bit rude in places, but um, yeah, it's quite good. 
Uh, and what else have we been watching? Um, oh, I'm looking at Stranger Things is starting. Starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, so that'd be good. Yeah. Did you enjoy that um, last time around? I did. I loved it. We've both been watching um, Star Trek as well, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. It's, Which um, we it's, haven't spoken about. It's terrible. I mean, in, in terms of, like, the whole Star Trek universe is ridiculous. Uh, and they haven't got over their um, their uniform obsession. But um, but it is actually really entertaining. It's a good new spin on Star Trek. It's it's a bit darker, a bit more Wrath of Khan than it just doesn't have the optimism of uh, of the other shows, does it? No, kind of. Uh, yeah, there's it's no, good. No, yeah, it's good. There's just no in that universe. There's no grit or dirt or any kind of uh, you know real life in it. Yeah, it's very much um, you know. The halls of Google Googleplex. Yes, that's true. But um, but seeing uh, um, Jason Isaacs chewing the furniture, he's is, good. Isn't he's it? always enjoyable. Yeah, he's good in that. Yeah, I think the cast actually is is really good. Well, once we got over um, Michelle Yeoh, who I didn't think was great, but uh, I tell you what, though, um, seeing in HD um, the the makeup, it really shows up. Makeup really. Badly, doesn't it? Especially well, you if you're a Klingon in, or whatever. Are you watching it in HD or 4K? Oh, no, no. We haven't I'm watching it. it in 4K and I noticed that yesterday. All right, yeah. Really noticeable. You can see that all the kind of made up pores on everyone's yeah. skin. Yeah. Yeah, which is quite strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit disconcerting. You never mm. get that close in the theatre, do you? No. I don't know. It's a long time since I went to the theatre, John. Uh, by the way, what are you drinking tonight? Punk IPA. Punk IPA. I'm drinking pure Ubu, oh. which is an amber ale from the Purity Brewing Company. Ah, a pun on Pear Ubu. Oh, is it? Yeah. The indie punk band from, uh, where were they from? Detroit? Detroit? Oh, okay. <laughs> America somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But it's nice. Nice drop. No, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. My, my wife's actually sent me most of my news this week. First one is, <laughs> is, is for you, actually, which is... Um, Dan Snow has a podcast. Peter Snow's son, isn't he? Yeah, uh, he's sort of adding a adding a good looking chiselled jaw to history mm. programs on the BBC and other channels in in the UK. Uh, but he has a podcast which has been I've really enjoyed. Um, sadly, it's taken recently. It's taken on sponsorship, as I'm, you know, I, I have no uh, qualms about it. It just ruins podcasts for me when they suddenly start talking about products. Um, would you would you feel the same if we were being sponsored? Hang on a second. Uh, my product. <laughs> uh, you uh, should buy all your prints from Ellie Press. Uh, yes. No. Um, and this week was uh, an interview with a chap called Dallas Campbell, who of whom I hadn't heard. Have you heard of yeah. him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Layman sort of level science broadcaster. Right, okay. If you know so, what I mean, kind of doesn't do... Highbrow science. No, it didn't sound like he had done. You know, consumery type stuff. It was, um, it was a, they're talking about the history of space. Um, and he's obviously just had a book out. Um, I don't know what the book is called, but, um, it was a really, really interesting interview. Um, and he's just spent, uh, he did all his research in the, uh, the British Society for Interplanetary Travel or whatever it's called. Yes. Uh, which is in Vauxhall, right by the Imperial War Museum. Um, I didn't know it actually had a kind of a headquarters. I thought it was mainly... Oh, it's uh, an amazing building. Have you not seen it? No. Oh, yeah. That's worth a visit. 
but I think they've got a library there and all sorts of interesting things. Um, okay. But yeah, it was fascinating talking about medieval stories about visiting the moon on a goose. Of course. Right up my alley. Yeah, isn't it just? <laughs> uh, my first bit of news is tying into our social media um, episode is a, a program on Radio 4, so it's on iPlay now, called Wired Love. And it is about uh, a novel from uh, 1879 by uh, Ella Cheever Thayer. And she wrote this book about um, telegraph operators. So telegraph operators, you'd send telegrams by Morse code, and they'd be sat perhaps in the corner of a municipal office in a little town in America. Um, and it's a love story. about The, the novel is a love story about two telegraph operators who start chatting over the telegraph wires. And at first they don't even know if who, if they're male or female, and eventually they meet and fall in love. But the program on Radio 4 is is about the book, and it kind of incorporates little bits of radio play. And it's really interesting because it's like the precursor to internet dating or blind dates or, um, I don't know, meeting someone online playing Warcraft because you could effectively be anybody. And it's, it's really interesting that that, kind of way of meeting people goes back to such a an early bit of technology as the telegraph in the 1870s. And it's a lovely, it's a really nicely produced little show. Oh, brilliant. Wired, Wired Love, a romance of dots and dashes on uh, Radio 4. Years ago on Robert Elms, there was an author on there and he was talking about, Robert Elms is a, uh, a UK broadcaster who has a show that predominantly talks about the history of London. And he had a broadcaster on there who was talking about um, the telegram and the telegraph and how it was the internet of its age. Um, But people played chess and um, played adventure games and all sorts of different things over telegram. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And we kind of, yeah, we've, we've, we've touched on this before that we tend to uh, isolate ourselves in our own technological bubble where we think we're one superior to the, whatever previous generations uh, came up with, uh, and, and two that it's never happened before, and this is what I think drives humanity on to create new things. Because mm. if we were happy with our lot, we wouldn't be trying to reach for the stars, as it were. But um, <clears throat> uh, doing the re- research into the printing, um, it's really fascinating that uh, I hadn't really put two and two together before. I, I'd never really thought about the fact that letterpress, and so you know, actually pressing directly from metal onto paper. And then offset printing, um, that uh, letterpress was the predominant uh, form of printing from, like, let's say, 1850 all the way up to 1950. Um, yeah. Offset pr- offset litho was introduced in 1907. <clears throat> it took 50 years for it to replace um, letterpress for the you know for like newsletters uh, for so newspapers, just kind of etc. Inertia, or just because the the technology wasn't quite where it needed to be. To, uh, I think a mix, but I think, yeah, a lot of uh, inertia, a lot of uh, opposition because um, a lot of the uh, the unions were tied up in um, the production of 
Tie unions and printing, really. <laughs> well, even when they introduced the le- you know the automated letterpress, they had to do it in secrecy. So when the first mm. edition of the Times came out, they had to do it uh, in secret for fear of the machines being smashed up by the workers. Right. But what was interesting was that, you know this fifty-year adoption of offset litho and digital came about maybe 20 years ago um and there's always been this kind of whenever i've uh, you know as long as i've worked in print that you know litho is is way superior to digital um and i'm not sure that's the case anymore i think you know with some of the indigo machines they're so good um that it's almost impossible to tell and the 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 main thing is the papers you know the, the fact that they're coated um the, the coatings are getting better and therefore, you know, the, the print quality is much, much better. Mm. Um, and when we're seeing that, but it's in, you know, a third of the time uh, that digital will replace offset litho. Um, yeah. And then there'll be this need, you know, there'll be this um, need for offset litho, obviously, as there is now letterpress. Um, and it's, it's just fascinating that we, that we bracket ourselves off all the time. Um, you know, what's the next thing? In, in printing um it's similar to you know your telegram thing i've gone off on a wild tangent but uh, i thought it was we love uh, your tangents <laughs> uh, yes <clears throat> no it's good it is, it is fascinating and uh, another reason why you should um follow john's inktober progress yeah right go on. it's um uh, at ellie press i've been doing the history of printing uh, one day for 31 days and, yeah. I'm, and i'm exhausted and, and it's at ellie press uk yeah, that's it. I keep getting that wrong as well, don't I? <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of printers, um, Fujifilm, who um, we talked about just off the cuff the other week, um, and I said that I had one of their Instamatic cameras. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're called, but um, you know they're, they're the only ones really producing instant uh, film these days. Um, they've just released a square format um, photo printer. Uh, I'm not sure how it prints. I think you have to put in... Um, you have to put in a pack of of, uh, of prints, um, so it's a bit like it's not a Polaroid as such, but it's I don't know what technology it's using. I mean, or, it's surely it's it's just geared towards Instagram. Yeah, you can plug your phone in, and also you can print directly from any of the Fuji uh, printers, mm. um, and you can print CD jackets and all sorts of things like that. Although, who uses CDs these days? Is uh, it doesn't actually say what size it prints to. No, um, that was another one I couldn't find. High resolution out. images with, with print pixels of 800 by 800 dots yeah. and 318 DPI to show detailed gradations, none the wiser. No, it doesn't say whether you need cartridges for it or. No, it's strange, isn't it? But it's a brilliant looking product. Yeah, if you see it, does look picture. nice actually. It's a very nice bit of kit. For some reason, I clicked a link on Alienware computers today. So this is. The sub brand that's now owned by Dell that make these kind of really high performance gaming computers, and it's got the they have that kind of same aesthetic about them, kind of slightly faceted geometric shapes. They're really, you know, nice looking computers if you're a, if you're into that kind of thing. But it's similar aesthetic. Yeah, the AstroPad um, product that they they're releasing, which is a little plug in USB chip that you can put into your Mac book or whatever oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. or laptop that's got exactly the same it has it? It? we're gonna yeah. see a lot of this aren't we yeah <laughs> we are 
Uh, my next bit of news is something called Hero Forge. Now, now this I sounds you, up my alley. Well, I thought you might know Hero Forge already. No, because you're into your gaming. <clears throat> so this is um, a website for custom miniatures. So if you're into role playing games, you can go on this site and pick from an incredible amount of variables to create your own character, which is then 3D printed and sent out to you. And you can get it printed in a variety of different materials. There's like a premium plastic, which kind of gives you the best detail. But you can also get it printed in two different types of metal, including like a bronze type alloy. Um, but you can click, you can select from different genres. So you've got fantasy, western, sci-fi, um, different races, so robots or ogres or elves. And then you can specify all, all the different clothing, what they're carrying, what type of base they're standing on, whether or not they've got an eye patch or what their hair is like. It's, you know, all the different poses. It's incredible the amount of different configurations there are. And it's $30 to get a custom figure. Oh. Which, but for a, <clears throat> you know, if you're a keen gamer and you want your own character, I'm not sure that's... I'm not sure that's out of reach, is it? No, days? not at all. No, and or, or present for um, somebody who plays D and D, and yes, want you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, love it. Is it? Do you have to buy it from the states? Is it in the states? I think so. I think you can only buy it on this heroforge.com website. So there'll be uh, postage in there as well. But very cool virtual sort of three D spinning thing on my uh, on the website. Yeah, yes, really. So you, nice. You've got like a little thirty five mil. Yeah, you spin this little sort of clay figure around. Obviously, they've put the uh, the most sexist one they could possibly put on there. Um, it might be random because I've got a bloke. That's what I meant. No, oh, that's that's like, no mine's like a, a, a bikini-clad lady. Um, oh, but there's a sort of mountain in the background and some villages and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Cool bit of tech. Uh, love it. Oh, that would be a brilliant present for somebody. Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll send that off to my wife. And it's only going to get better, isn't it? You know, the, the yeah. level of detail and quality and everything. So. Very cool. Heroforge.com. Mm. <clears throat> Any more news, John? Someone I've spoken about before is um, David Hyatt, who started uh, Howie's, which is a clothes manufacturer in Wales. And he's also the do lectures, if you're into those kind of TED lecture things. Mm. Um and he's now runs a small jeans company, um, and his every every year they produce a little book. And this one is he's posted onto Medium. Not a big fan of Medium, um, and it can be a little preachy at times. But his newsletter is well worth signing up for um, for little nuggets every week. Um, so he's done a, a ten lessons from a maker. So he calls himself a maker. So we're just going to talk about social media and selling your own products. And um, I'm guessing most people listen to the show, make things or they know people who make things or they like buying things. Um, and we both make things. So I thought it was um, mm. quite good to sort of kick us off. So his first one is no one knows you exist. Um, the world isn't holding its breath waiting for you. So me with existential dread, why don't you? <laughs> you will have to make your reputation. You will have to gain people's attention. You will have to be good at selling your product as you are as good at selling your product as you are at making it. 
These are all good tips. These are kind of yeah. Mon- Montero-like, so uh, prepare to they are. Yeah. to hold an onion under your nose and weep. Um, you are not an artist, so you make things. You make things in order to sell them, and I'll, I'll leave that one there. He goes on a bit after it. But, mm. um, uh, yeah, well, it ends with sales after you die don't count. Uh, okay. Make something that people want to buy, which is a tricky one to justify if you are producing very niche uh, art or products um but if you're trying to make a business out of it it's quite a (laughs) salient point um no one goes to bed at night and dreams of quality and that's really interesting Uh, what he he talks about in that little discussion isn't the fact that you shouldn't create amazingly beautiful things but that you should ship them and um and sell what people want from that product so for example if it's a great print it's not about you know, they're not going to sit at night with that lovely bit of paper behind the glass rubbing it. They're going to look at the image and that's the main selling mm. point of that, you know, product. So you don't need to go all the way to uh, to the moon and back to to make your product. Um, it's like, you know, that I guess to the uh, the nth degree is the is the whittling, the, the, the hand whittling of your pencil surface. Yes. Um, uh, it's a small club, but it's a good club. The Makers Club is a small club, but everybody in it wants to grow. So share things. The more you work in the future, the less competition you have. So that's a debatable quite, one. Yeah, I don't quite grasp that. No, I don't understand that at all. doesn't yeah. make any sense. That's a load of old Sarchi nonsense. It's going to take time. Um, yeah. A business has to find its feet. Knowledge has to be learned. Skills have to be refined. Reputations have to be earned. One of the most important aspects to building a business is patience. It's a rare commodity. That is certainly true. Yeah. Uh, know who you make it for. So be narrow. It's much better to mean a great deal to a few people than next to nothing to a huge amount. I think that's really important. And that's something where you've been very successful in, isn't it? That your your style yeah. of illustration. <laughs> no, but you know you what I mean? Your like- style of illustration is not uh, a high street style of illustration or Sweet. a fashion you know, editor or anything like that. It's very much um, of the science fiction fantasy. Yeah, it's a it's a double edged sword though, because you know, if you've got a narrow market, it's a, it's a smaller market. Um, when you can't rely on, you know, everyone buying everything you do. Yeah, but I'm sure yeah. it's similar to actors, isn't it? If you were um, Daniel Radcliffe and you never got the part in Harry Potter, you'd would he be as happy now as he is with his hundred million dollars in the bank? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> <clears throat> not that it's all about money, Rob. No, of course but not. But if you're running a business, it is. He does, he does say um, you're not an artist. You make things in order to sell them. Mm-hmm. So it is partly about the money. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then his last one is um, the competition have everything more than you. Bigger competition has everything, don't they? Budget more yeah. history, more people, more distribution, et cetera, et cetera. He says, use your strengths um, against that. So speed, instinct, passion. Those are kind of two of those are very fluffy words to me. Um, mm. But back your ideas with hard work. Um, well, actually, what he, he says in the previous paragraph is when you look at it this way, things look different. There's a Goliath, you know, the big competition. They have more meetings, more committees, more red tape. More ideas being killed by research. That's certainly so true. So that's, you know, you are the flip side of that if you're a, a small new business. 
Yeah, I mean, he he they they were famously they were bought out by Timberland, was it? Um, uh, the Who Howie's when he ran Howie's, yeah, yeah, and um, that went horribly wrong for them. They didn't enjoy that anyway. Yeah, yeah they learned the hard way, but not that I'm going to be selling out to Epson. No way, man. No, primarily because they're not listening, John. Yeah, and also they don't sell print. So let's go on to your um, so Rob's Rob's. Uh, 140 top tips of making it big on social media. Off you go. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. Uh, So if you're going to use social media to promote your business, whether that business is a a business with staff or whether it's just you, whether you're providing a service or making a product, uh, what's the best way to approach social media? So to start off with, is kind of the the where what social media channels do you use? So if you're in the UK, there's no point using Weibo or Qzone or WeChat, which are the most popular in China. So you're better off sticking to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Tumblr. Um, and I've kind of left it at those social media because there's also YouTube and Pinterest and LinkedIn, um, Google Plus which are kind of, I mean, Google Plus is kind of social media, but it's weird. But YouTube, Pinterest, and LinkedIn, I don't really see as social media because they're, I mean, maybe YouTube can be seen as it, but it's it's so specific to the type of content you post there. Pinterest, I don't see social side to Pinterest at all. And LinkedIn is, is very much a, a networking thing. So, is it social media? <clears throat> I don't know. So if we stick to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Snapchat, if you must. Yeah, I disagree with you about YouTube. I think that that is very much social media. I think that, you know, people making their own TV channels is is what social media is all about. I, mm. I, I agree. Pinterest, no. Um, and LinkedIn, just for doofuses, isn't it, really? Yeah, absolutely. Doofuses. We don't want doofuses. No doofuses. If you're on yeah. LinkedIn, um, I don't apologise. It is. <laughs> well, I'm shite. on LinkedIn. I never use it. No, okay. I deleted it. I've never yeah. had one job through it. No, it's just full of uh, recruiters. Yeah. So, regardless of uh, oh, because there are different types of social media out there, and they all have their kind of different foibles. Then, how you post and engage with people. Uh, on those different platforms is going to be a bit different. And some might be more suited to your business than others. Um, you know, if you've got a type of business like a, I don't know, a bed and breakfast or a restaurant that's going to thrive on user reviews, then maybe Facebook is going to be key to you. Or if you're providing a service where a kind of engagement and conversation with your customers is, is going to be key, then Twitter is going to be a, a great platform for you. So very much which platforms you use very much depends on what your business is and kind of how you want to uh, get in touch with your potential customers, your audience. And there are no, there's no easy way to, to say this one is the right platform for you. You've just got to figure that out, I think. Do you so- I don't know. So are you are you posting the same thing to each one or do you do it individually? I post 
the same stuff to most social media. I post more to Twitter and Instagram. So I post on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook. I post pictures, kind of finished pictures and work in progress on Instagram and work in progress stuff and finished stuff on Twitter. Finished stuff usually only on Facebook and Tumblr. That's just kind of how that has has worked for me. Um, but then Twitter for me is a, in addition to all that, it's a way to, to converse with not just my audience, but uh, the other people, my kind of peers, so other illustrators and stuff. <clears throat> and I think further down in my uh, big list here, I've, I've put a, one of my tips is to communicate with other creators because I think that's a good way of, if you create a conversation that's interesting within the field, then you'll get, you kind of, uh, you're going to get part of the, the audience from the people you're discussing it with. So if you're chatting to someone who's got a lot more followers with you than you on Twitter, then you're going to kind of get some of their audience by a type of digital osmosis. Um, so then tell us about kind of what you can, uh, where you can post and what you post also depends on the type of business you are. Um, but bear in mind, uh, so th- my tip for that is, is kind of look. What? My wife's just brought me a cocktail. What? Who knows what it is? Does it go with the pie? It's, that's what she says. Oh, I see. It's uh, yeah. It's, it looks like a murky sort of could be condensed chicken soup <laughs> with a cherry floating in it. Mm. Delightful. Oh, I, can't, uh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I bet. I'm having a sip. Oh my god! It's got Tia Maria in it. I don't see. I Tia Maria oh, me, should only go in a pint of Guinness. Really? Oh. Is that nice? Tia Maria just. In a pint of Guinness is amazing. What's that called? I think it's called uh, Midnight. Oh. Or is that Port? I can't remember. Port or Tea Maria in a Guinness is amazing. Right. So we've discussed the different types of social media out there. And as to which one is suitable for your business, you've kind of got to figure it out yourself. Um, and again, kind of what you post depends partly on the platform and partly on your type of business. Um, so obviously Instagram is great for sharing photos and videos as a YouTube, uh, Twitter is better for kind of engaging in conversation with your customers. Um, and if you're not sure of what kind of things to post, then I think a good thing to do is to look at what your competitors are doing or people you admire, um, see what they're doing. So if you're selling prints, look for someone else who's selling prints, who's selling Let's say someone who's selling a lot more prints than you, seeing how they're doing it, see what kind of pictures they're posting, what kind of hashtags they're using, how they're engaging with their customers, um, and borrow some of their ideas. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But do you don't you feel that that just ends up with everybody saying the same kind of thing in the circles that you that you move in? Well, I I think you know this is a. Uh, like a beginner's guide, isn't it? Yeah. So I think, you know, if you want to get started on social media and using it as a as a business, then there's no harm in looking at what everyone else is doing. Yeah. But that's not to say you should slavishly 
copy what they're doing. And, you know, you have to remain, uh, you have to retain your individuality. So what makes your business different from them? Um, you know, you have to try and express that through how you uh, communicate. So whether it's tone of voice or how you photograph your products or the, the things that you talk about in relation to your business on Twitter, um, you know, they all contribute to, to creating your brand on social media. I think it's important that, you know, while you can look at what other people are doing and, you know, learn from that, then, but, you know, do your own thing. But this can take up an enormous amount of time. Um, <coughs> how, how do you allocate the right amount of time to it? What, you know, it can become obsessive, can't it? You know, if throughout the night checking your phone for messages. It, it cetera, can. I mean, my last, my last comment is don't spend so much time crafting your social media output that you don't have time to create anything new. Um, I don't think, I think once you get into it and you, you kind of know what you're doing and you've got a tone of voice and you know how you post images and stuff, it shouldn't take long. You know, you create something, whether it's, you know, you know you've spent all morning printing off uh, all of the stuff that's going to the post office it's no big deal to take a few arty pictures and upload them while you're having a cup of tea before you put your shoes on, is it? <clears throat> I don't think it should. I don't think producing content for social media should take up long at all. I don't right. think you should go out of your way to create bespoke content. I mean, different if you're producing videos because obviously that does take time. But I think if it's, simply engaging with your users, whether you're tweeting or posting a picture and a comment on Facebook or Instagram, you know, that shouldn't be taking up valuable time. Yeah. And, and what if it isn't working for you? What, what can you do? What's, you know, if it, if nothing's happening, um, <coughs> what kind of, what kind to... of techniques can you use to, to boost <coughs> traffic to your, whatever you're trying to do? Well, there are a few things. So, uh, on Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, hashtags are uh, really important. So particularly on Instagram. So I've got 38,000 followers on Instagram. So if I post a, a drawing that does pretty well, it might get two or 3,000 likes and 20 or 30 comments. But 60% of those likes and comments come from people who don't follow me. So they found that image and decided to engage with it through searching for something I've hashtagged or it's come up in their discover feed on um, Instagram. Why, again, why would it appear in their discover feed? So if you're getting lots of likes and particularly if you're getting likes from other users who have high follower counts, then it's going to show up in people's discover feeds because it's the algorithm. So that's likely to be something they're interested in too. And I think if you get a lot of engagement with comments, so if you've got, <clears throat> if you're kind of striking up conversations with people, I think that tends to raise the profile of images and you're more likely to show up on the Discover feed or be recommended, be recommended to other users. Um, so my next point is conversation is king. So Facebook and Instagram both give lots of weight to engagement over um, likes so if you're getting lots of comments on Instagram, <clears throat> that counts a lot more than just getting lots of likes. And if you have comments and shares on Facebook, that pushes you 
to the top of people's news feeds. So generating engagement is really important and can have a big impact, I think, on the kind of getting new followers and getting likes. Um, and I think that can be done simply through how you frame your captioning. So instead of saying, here's my latest drawing, you can say, you know, simply you could say, what do you think of my latest drawing? Because people, you know, if you put a question on the caption on Instagram, people are going to answer it, even if it's rhetorical. Um, and the same goes on Twitter. Um, you know, if you put a question up on Twitter, people love to answer questions. Um, whether it's an opinion or whether you're actually asking for advice or some information and things like Twitter polls as well, I think can be quite good and interesting way of getting users to engage with you. Yeah. <clears throat> but I guess you've got to come quite thick skinned, haven't you? In terms of uh, the engagement that you'll get from the, the kind of the potential that you, you see, so followers or or uh, replies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, how many of the how many of those will actually become potential clients? Yeah, um, I mean, I think uh, I'm asking for specific of... figures here, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think that is that is quite a thing because you think, well, I've got thirty eight thousand followers on Instagram, <clears throat> four thousand on Twitter, I've got thirty thousand on Tumblr. So when I post you know, a call for, you know, I'm offering commissions or something. You think, well, if, if 1% of the people get in touch, that's not, you think 1%, that's not a lot, is it? Or maybe half a percent. So you think that's 100,000 people. So that's maybe 500 people might get in touch. Well, what you find quickly is that um, while you might get 10% engagement from your users in terms of likes, <clears throat> you'll probably get, Point not one percent engagement when it comes to actually buying stuff. Yeah, and do you think that's because people actually aren't seeing them, uh, even though they followed you? They're not going to see them always, are they? They're not always yeah. on it. <clears throat> that's definitely part of it, um, but I think a lot of it is is people are very keen to to just ex- express that opinion that you know they like something or you know they're interested enough to to follow you and see what you're doing, but actually. You know, they're perhaps, you know, money's tight and and they're going to spend their money on other things. So I think you have to expect that even if you get a big social media following, that's not going to translate um, into sales in necessarily a, a meaningful way. I think, you know, once you get up into hundreds of thousands of followers, then, you know, you can probably <clears throat> start counting your chickens. But tens of thousands or thousands then that's not going to convert into cold hard cash. So what you're saying then is that social media is a kind of a, a way of speaking to people, but it's not the be an all end be all and end all of of your business. That you should continue to do things traditional way, i.e., networking, making friends, that kind of thing. Or what? What other? What other benefits? We should are always there? be making friends. No, I'm not very good at that. What what other things should we be doing um, using social media? What What is it useful? Is it good for networking? Have you found it good for that? <clears throat> well, I got a job in a little agency in um, St. Margaret's through social media. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
so that's how we met. We I tweeted at you. Um, I can't actually remember how I found you. Um, but yeah, so you employed me as a freelance designer. Um, the vast majority of my work has come through Instagram and Twitter. So not just not just commissions, but um, it is a form of networking because I think in my line of working or in my sideline of work illustration, it's increasing. Social media is increasingly being used by commissioning editors, art directors, um, publishers who are looking for uh, illustrators. So I did a job for the BBC this week. They found me through Twitter, I think. Um, the children's book that I illustrated, I was found by the art director on Instagram. So even if you're not uh, kind of obviously networking, sort of, you know, trying to talk to people about work, <clears throat> it's such a, a rich environment, I think, social media, that, you know, you can, it can be, it, it, well, it can end up being a, a networking channel. Well, what do you think about the latest news from inside Facebook, <clears throat> which is that um, they've started, um, so they've, they, they, you know, they've enticed everyone to move on to Facebook and, and to build an audience on there. But they're now starting to, um, well, implied that they're starting <clears throat> to charge people with large amounts of, of an audience. They're starting to charge them to actually get that news to the audience that they already follow them. If it's you, not even it's not even a large audience. You know, yeah. it's my audience of a thousand people on Facebook. I, uh, you know, if I look at the the um, the statistics, you know, I'm not reaching. I'm, I'm kind of reaching ten or fifteen percent of the people who follow me. My posts are being seen by ten or fifteen percent of the people who follow me. And yeah, the only way to to make sure everyone sees your post is to promote it. That's insane. It is, but Facebook is free. So why we can't tell them how it should work, should we? No, no, but they're creating a siloed world, aren't they? So <coughs> they as are. people, uh, you know, if you move all of your eggs into the uh, the basket that is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, then you you do run the risk of at some point down the line, you know, with 90% of your business coming from a channel where they start charging you I don't know, thousand, two thousand pounds a month just to speak to the people who already engage with you. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's, that's one of the risks of the digital world full stop, isn't it? You know, we've talked about it before about these kind of um, <clears throat> digital ecosystems and whether or not, you know, Google or Nest is going to exist or, you know, when you buy into things, there's no guarantee these days that. Oh no, absolutely <clears throat> not. But, but if you, but you, it is in, it is implied that if you join Facebook, then the traffic that you generate or the, the followers that you bring to it generates advertising, and that's where they get the majority of their mm. their money from. If if they're now going to say, well, actually, that's not netting us enough money, so you have to start paying for some, of, you know, for your news to come through. What yeah. that that sits very uh, morally ambiguous, doesn't it? Um, well, the people moral, with amb more, moral ambiguity is. Is Facebook's catchword at the moment, isn't it? Because they trialed something in a, a few countries this week where they stripped all the news out of people's news feeds that wasn't paid for to see what sort of an impact it had. And real kind of, you know, proper journalism uh, found their reach decimated on Facebook. 
um, as kind of paid for advertising and paid for news feeds took over. So scary stuff. Yeah. So we're saying that actually having your own website, even, even posting news to something like medium or, you know, or an article to something like medium, you are running that risk, aren't you? That that's going to be aggregated rather than you're just, uh, you know, you're, yeah, you're facing an audience. Um, so maybe the key here is just you don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. Whether that's, you know, you're talking specifically about social media or social media being one of those eggs. <laughs> social eggs. A social media egg. You know, you have to keep doing what you've always been doing uh, in terms of growing your business. And social media is one part of a way to communicate with your audience and to grow your business. But it's very difficult to be cynical because you've really got to jump into it, haven't you, with open arms and embrace all new releases and new ideas um, yeah. if, if you're going to keep speaking to an, uh, a relevant audience that's actually engaging. Uh, yes, I think so. I mean, it, I guess it depends on your audience because, you know, uh, so the f- uh, Instagram Live that we did earlier, you know, there are going to be products to which the audience uh, for that is, you know, they're not going to know anything about Instagram live. So you can just continue to do your standard Instagram posts and stuff. <clears throat> if you're trying to attract um, the youth of today to your business, then you're going to have to keep up with every new fangled uh, improvement to all these social media apps. Yeah. So give us your top five tips then for being, <clears throat> being, being a success. Uh, or, or or making the most of social media for your business? Create conversations, absolutely. So whether that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, ask questions, engage with your audience, um, and you'll reap the benefits. Okay. Um, cross-pollinate, so do, as well as posting content. An- angry so, pollination. Yes, <laughs> always. Um, so as well as just posting to the various different social media channels. Uh, think about how you publicize them on other channels. So if you blog, tweet about your blog. If you're on Facebook, then share a Twitter, share a YouTube video or something. Um, and think about using some of those channels for different things. So I tend to post, as I've said, I tend to post back to uh, behind the scenes stuff or, or kind of work in progress on uh Instagram, mostly. I tend not to do that on Facebook. So that way that if you create something slightly unique on those different channels, you're less likely to bore an audience because most people, most of your fans are going to be following you on most platforms. Um, I'd say keep your brand consistent, and that doesn't mean you have to have a logo in the corner of all your posts but just kind of what you do and how you speak. So your tone of voice, how you take photographs, the type of content that you produce and engage with, um, keep that consistent and take part in things. So Inktober, which we've talked about a lot, um, is a great way to build, um, a following, whether that's on Instagram or Twitter, uh, engage with things. Uh, you know, you get British pie week or, uh, chocolate week or those kind of things. They always come with a hashtag on Twitter and Instagram. So if there's something like that, that's relevant to your business, 
make sure you take part. Is that five? Let's say that's five. <laughs> You're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. get out there then. Um, get out there. I- don't spend so much time crafting your social media output that you don't have time to create anything new. And yeah. as uh, uh, Anthony Burrell said, do good work and be nice to people. Yeah, I think my biggest problem with uh, with all this is that I'm I'm not very good at making conversations. So um, I need to get better than that. I've gone from in three weeks. I've gone from naught to a hundred followers. That's pretty good. Is it? Well, I reckon it probably took me a year to do that. I'm sure that's mostly because of you, but um, but yeah, I, I have been engaging and saying thank you and stuff. But yeah. you you say I need to actually reach out to. Um, certain, not not in a commercial way, but just say, would you be, uh, you know, are you interested in this story and send it to a litho printer or a, a historical society or whatever it is? Yeah, uh, try and find ways in. Of- Certainly on Twitter, I think that's great. I mean, I one of you. What was the um, the Gutenberg map you did? And I tweeted saying the cartographic society might be interested. I have no idea if they were, but that kind of thing. I think can can work because if they retweet something and they've got 50,000 people who like maps following them, then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to get some interaction with those followers. And if you get uh, interaction with someone who's got a lot of followers on, on any of these things, it can have a massive impact. If you're retweeted by someone famous or someone with a lot of followers on Twitter, you know, you can easily get two or 300 new followers in a, in a day. The same on Instagram if uh, an account regrams one of your photographs or even if someone with an awful lot of followers likes or comments on one of your pictures and you're straight on the discovery tab, lots of people find it um, and it can have a huge impact. So I think not just uh, having conversations with your audience but with other people in your field or associated with it. Brilliant. And it's fun. I love Twitter. It's interesting. I've met lots of nice people through Twitter and I've found lots of incredible, interesting content. And if it wasn't for Twitter, half of the newsfeed on um, the North v South podcast would be empty. Yeah. Have you got uh, a website of the week? I did do. Um, I've lost it now. Well, I'll go with mine. So Quipsologies, which we have mentioned before, which is a, a fragment of the brand new uh stable um and it's a creative content aggregator site curated you know it's full of nice stuff i've got lots of stuff that's been featured on the podcast has come via quipsologies and after 12 years it's closing which is very sad so the, the people who run it it just doesn't generate enough advertising income for the amount of time that they are spending keeping it updated so for purely commercial purposes they're knocking it on the head we're going to see a lot of that aren't we yeah. So the archives are still there. So underconsideration.com forward slash quipsologies. Well worth a, well worth a gander. Uh, no, mine was a little business that I wanted to do and um, shout about. It's a, okay. a Hong Kong based one um, called Stamptitude. Uh, and I found them because they last year they were selling a product, which was a, um, a hand press stamp because I was looking for one yes. for, for doing limited edition prints. Because over a certain grammage, you need quite a hefty old machine to do it. 
Um, and a lot of the ham ones just won't press into anything above, you know, even like 180 GSM. Yeah. Um, so uh, without wetting the paper. Um, so these guys produced, produce them, but they've, they, it looks like they've changed their business entirely to just doing um, brass stamps for wax seals. Mm. Uh, but they make some beautiful products. They um, do. And very quick turnaround from Hong Kong and very, and very reasonable prices. Um, and I'm thinking of that could be quite a cool little, they do rubber stamps as well, but quite a cool little uh, addition to packaging of, of little wax stamps in red. Really um, nice. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah, I recommend them. They, they, they've done a nice site. It's stamptitude.com. Yeah, they're not bad either, are they? Kind of thirty-five dollars for yeah, they're, not, they're quite reasonable. Ones. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, what's your pie? <laughs> well, well, I walked up to co-op earlier, and um, I've picked up a, a Hampshire. They have like you know, do you have a co-op near you? No, they have like little local. They have a shelf that's dedicated to local products, and mm-hmm. this one is a local pie. Right, so you, it's going to be Hampshire produce, well, something kind of rustic so. and of the shires. Yeah, uh, using local Hampshire ingredients. Uh, this is a, a Zanzibar bean and coconut pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, it, is there I, any I actually laughed out loud in co-op. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, isn't that bizarre? I mean, what is a Zanzibar bean? I don't know. Isn't Zanzibar bone in The City of Thieves? By Isn't that a fighting fantasy character? Oh, it might be. No, that's Zanzibar bone. But, um, right, okay, I'm going in. It's a wholemeal... Uh, pie, which well, I just that think, sounds wrong. Yeah, whole meal is just too healthy for its own good. There's no meat in this as well. It's it's you know, mm. it's heresy. So it's got sweet potato in it. Mm. It's is that like the coconut a, shell. <laughs> um, it's like a vegetable curry in a pie. Okay, it's not a bad thing. Mushy. Yeah, bit too much turmeric. Um, but not bad. I'd say that's a good meal in itself. Um, it's way better than some of the meat-based pies I've had. It's got a nice, nice heaty kick to it. So I'm going to give that a um, six. Good lord, a I six. Know. Praise, praise him. Good stuff. I don't have a pie tonight. No, um, because of my uh, recent wisdom tooth extraction, I'm still you, feeling a little tender. Have you got I'm some on, uh, some jelly? I'm on liquid food. I will be having a, a mandarin jelly. <laughs> I do like mandarin jelly. Um, yeah. yeah. So how was that? That was that was quite good. Our little chat about social media, as ever. If you've got any thoughts or comments about what we've discussed on the show, then do get in touch. You can find us on Twitter and uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, Twitter and um, Facebook. Rob, Rob's, Rob's more active than I am. I am trying my best. Uh, now there's one thing to talk about, which is um, in a couple of weeks we're going to have a question answer show so we will be a bit more active on social media getting together questions or yes. uh, things you'd like to talk about us to talk about um it'd be great to uh, to get at least one or two comments so please share them with us questions yes please do questions <laughs> matron that's what we want questions <laughs> uh miles and with that uh i'll say good night yeah i'm gonna go and lie down and put a cold compress on my head you do that all right, John, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah, you too. Take care. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.